say welcome to all of you that are here. I'm Ryan, one of the pastors, and we're so glad that you're here as we wrap up uh, today's series called The Walking Dead. And right inside of your bulletin should be some message notes if you want to go ahead and grab those out. And uh, you can do some fill in the blanks and follow along with us today. We also want to say welcome to those of you watching in the parent viewing room. That's a great place to go if you have little ones that get fussy during the service. We ask that you would just take them out and make two lefts, and you can watch the service live with us uh, in the parent viewing room. Well, in this series, we've been talking about how Christ has asked us to die to ourselves. And Jesus, again and again, as you read the scripture, he invites us into this because he knows something that maybe we don't, that it's only in the dying that we're truly living. And in week one of this series, we talked about pride and how pride is a big part of our lives, and he wants us to die to it. And we've been using Mel the scale here as a part of our illustration to say this is what God wants us to do. And when we talked about pride, we said pride keeps everyone else and God out, and it keeps ourselves in. Pride says wait. Jesus says initiate when it comes to relationships. Last week, Pastor Jeremiah, he talked about sin and how it doesn't have to be our master because Christ already paid the penalty for our sins and we can be dead in Christ and alive through his resurrection. And so if you missed either one of those, I encourage you to just go to riverwaychurch.com. You can go to the Sunday service tab and you can watch those uh, back and then catch up as well. So today is kind of a unique day and I would just ask that if you are a first-time guest, that you would give us a pass today and that you'd be willing to try us out maybe one more week um, today we're talking really to those of you that have been around Riverway for at least a little bit of time because part of walking dead means that we take the example of Jesus when it comes to this idea of serving. Jesus was all about serving, we know that, and I think if we're honest, there's parts of it we like and parts of it that kind of rub us the wrong way. I mean, don't get me wrong, we love that he's the son of God and that he was willing to humble himself and wash his disciples' feet, right? That was a pretty serving, uh, incredible serving thing to do. We like that he healed the sick and that he fed the hungry and he helped the poor. We love all of that, but we don't always like it when Jesus says to us in Matthew 20, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. We don't like that word, do we? That's kind of a gross word. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, what's that word? Serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus gives this idea and this picture of dying to our desires and our priorities to serve those around us. And so, and this is in fact what Jesus meant, this is your first feeling, that Jesus says that whoever is the most dead is actually in first place. Isn't that an amazing thought? Jesus says whoever is the most dead or whoever is serving the most is actually in first place. Now, we might ask, well, Jesus, I know you want me to serve you. How do you want me to serve you? I mean, I know, yes, those in need, the widow, the orphan, you know, those that are poor, yes, and, and maybe you do that, and maybe we do that, and we'll do it at Christmas Miracle Sunday. But in the context of a grander picture, what should be the driving force of our serving? Right, for every single one of us. If he's asking us to serve and to die to ourselves, what's the driving force? And it's what Jesus said 
as he left the earth. His very last words to us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He said, go therefore, he's saying to all of us, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So interesting that Jesus said, I want every single one of my followers to do three things. I want you to make disciples, I want you to baptize people, and I want you to teach them how to obey me. Those three things. And if I were to ask you on the Great Commission in those three things, how are you doing as a follower of Jesus Christ on those three things? Where are we at? Because your next feeling, if you're a, if you're a Christ follower and you are not doing any part of the Great Commission, your life isn't even on mission with God's. That's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? That if we're not a part of any of these things, these three things, that our life isn't even on mission with God's. And there are some of us that are very willing to receive salvation. We're very willing to be on the receiving end. We're very willing to be on the blessing end. But we're not doing anything to build God's kingdom moving forward. And today, I want to suggest to you, your next fill-in, that you can be a part of building God's kingdom by being involved right here at Riverway, where every single week we are creating environments for people to be discipled, to be baptized, and learning to become more like Jesus. It's where we're creating these environments every single week intentionally. And those that are involved and those that are serving are actually a part of the Great Commission. It's actually a very simple way to say, God, I want my life to count for something bigger than myself. God, I want my life to be a part of what you're doing in the world. Now, we have a problem. And to illustrate this problem, we're going to have a little game of tug of war this morning, all right? And this will all make sense in a moment. But before, I've got to bring out the two sides. And so I would like some applause for our band. Can you bring, give wild applause for our band? Band, come on out. Oh, they're on this side. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Come on over. Go ahead and grab the rope. Go ahead and grab the rope. Now, these four incredible people are going to be versing me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know some of you know that I could handle them by myself. But this morning, I've got a different team. And so I'm going to ask my team to come on out. Where is my team? Wild applause for my team. Wild applause for my team. Yes! High fives. Boom. 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 Okay. You get a hold of that rope. Now here it is. Let's make it tight. Whoever gets this black gloves past the podium first is the winner. You guys gotta come a little this way. Come a little this way. Perfect. Right there. All right. Hold it tight. Hold it tight. You guys hold it tight. Pull. Pull. This is my daughter, Addison. And this is Cooper and Landon, my sons. And we are going to take them on, all right? So let's pull it tight. And when we say go, we are going to destroy them. On your mark, get set, go. Oh, oh we're not giving up that easy. Oh, okay, okay, all right, they won, they won. All right, they passed. All right, let's bring it back, let's bring it back. Hey, that was a valiant effort, that was a valiant effort. High fives, my homies. Am I homie yet? Perfect, all right. So we know, right, that this is kind of an example of a growing Riverway church where lots of people are coming and they want to hear about God, 
But you know what this also represents? This also represents being a portable church where every single week we have to come in and build Riverway Church from scratch. All of these hallways, all the kids' rooms, our environments throughout this whole building have to be built from scratch. And it can seem at times that the way everything is growing and moving, that our current volunteers could even feel a little overwhelmed. But if there's a whole bunch of people in this room today that want to get the idea of dying to ourselves when it comes to serving, and if you would be willing to say yes and walk dead and making a priority in your weekend schedule to serve somewhere around here, it could get, and if we could get everyone serving in this room, it could be a massive boost to our volunteer side, which would be huge. You can clap for that. It would be huge. It would be huge. Gentlemen, come on over. Gentlemen, come on over. See, we're about to get some reinforcements. Aren't we, Mr. Bell? Yeah, just, just show them the guns, man. Just, just show them the guns if you need to. That's what I'm saying right here. That's, this is what it would be like. So let's get a hold of this rope. And let's see if the new volunteers can do something about it. Don't trample Addison, please. On your mark. a fight yeah try to fight us just try are we there we want give it up for our side right here high fives high fives high fives wild applause wild applause for these guys wild applause thanks you guys got crushed crushed you should be ashamed of yourself <sighs> amazing to think about the power of reinforcements right and what it can do for our volunteers. Now, you might ask yourself, does God even pay attention? Does God even see our volunteering? Does God even care about our service? Well, here's this amazing verse in Revelation 2.19. It says this, God said this, I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance. And that you are now doing more than you did at first. Here's God, right? right? In, in addition to the deeds that you're maybe already doing for the poor and the needy, in addition to your love for God and your faith in Him, God says, God, it says, God sees your service to the kingdom. Your next fill-in. God sees your service to the kingdom. He sees it. And not only does that verse say that he sees it, here's what's amazing. God says, I've even been paying attention that you're now doing more today than you were at first. God says, I've even been paying attention to the amount of your service. That God sees what we're doing to build his kingdom. And every single week I am blown away at the faithfulness of our volunteers around here who show up early and stay late to create environments that you can walk into. And I want to just show a few pictures that we have. I walked around last week and just snapped some pictures. Here's some of our tech team arriving. Our tech team arrives at 6.30 in the morning 
to get this place rolling and to get all the music happening and lights. And we've got setup going on all throughout the building. Here's Eddie and his son, love it. They're setting up the parent viewing room. Here's Barry clearing out chairs out of all the classrooms so we can set up for our kids' environments. And there's Owen, I love Owen. He's a high school student, shows up faithfully every other week to serve and to set up everything. And the floor mats, we love the floor mats. This is our infant room. Way to go, Mark. I told him as I was snapping pictures, you're going to be the star of next week. Here's some more of the band just getting ready and set up in the morning. Some faithful team yummy volunteers that do all of our donuts and coffee. Some more of our tech team getting it all sounding good. Here's Gary. You see all the pipe and drape and everything, all the banners, all that has to be set up every single week. And then our kids workers are just amazing as they hang out with our kids. I think we've got a few slides here that show that. And every single week while we're in here, your kids are learning about God and his great love for them and the plan that he has for their life. And there's a little one that feels left out over there on the left. but <laughs> I mean, You can only really fit two in a lap. I mean, isn't that true? From our volunteers that help with check-in, I mean, it's amazing. Everything that everybody does. Here's another kid's room. They make it fun and interactive. Here's some of our video people and some of our tech. We have lights people and sound people all over the place that help us run Sunday mornings. Some more of our kids' rooms. They're having fun. They're having fun. And just faithful, faithful kids' workers. Here's some of our uh, guest impressions team, some that are saying hi to you every single Sunday morning and welcoming you. Another one of our big kids' environments. If you haven't noticed, we have a lot of kids here at Riverway Church. Here's Bill, one of our guest impressions, and I think he was working security that day. Just did a great job. Here's our infant room, Paul and Lori helping out. Good. Is that it? I think that's it. Sweet. It's amazing to think of all these people. And I just think this part of serving should be normal for every single Christian. And I don't know what you think church should be like. You know, I think a lot of people assume that church should be boring and there should be no laughter in church and that it should be small and not helpful for our life. But I think it should be normal for church to be awesome. I really do. I think church should be a place where you walk away encouraged and filled with hope and feeling like, man, I want to go make a difference in my world. I want to make a difference in my life or there's something that I can apply to my life. I think it should be normal for people to want to go to church, to talk about church, to bring it up with their coworkers and friends and neighborhood people that, they live, that you live by, students, friends. It should be normal to serve, that we're, to understand that we're not just parking cars, we're not just running cameras, teaching kids, greeting, serving donuts. We're creating environments where anyone can come and have an aha moment. And not an aha moment with any certain style or person or anything like that, but an aha moment that the Bible is actually relevant to our lives here and now. An aha moment to understand that the God of the universe wants a personal relationship with us. What an amazing thought. I think it's normal for our teenagers to serve and it's been so impressive. Our youth group meets every Tuesday night and there's a whole bunch of them that show up early and stay late to serve. And they set up and they tear down because we meet at the community center. And just a couple weeks ago, we had a big night and I think we got a picture here of the youth and they meet over here right behind uh, in the community center here in Champlain. And all that stuff, they have to set up every single week and sound and video and drapes and all that. And this, they did a little bit of a night where they could invite their friends and 
we had a clear gospel presentation and over 25 teenagers made a decision to follow Jesus Christ that night. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, 25 teenagers. And the room was packed with teenagers, and I'm just so impressed that they're serving. You know what's amazing is that there's a bunch of these teenagers that are here on Sunday serving and giving back and making a difference. I think it should be normal for every single elementary age kid to sit around in a circle in a small group where they do every single Sunday, where they get to hear about Jesus and be loved by one of our amazing volunteers and if you didn't know this, all of our kids' classrooms break down into small groups because we understand the value of an adult being in their life because the kids go, wow, this person is even my parents and they're investing in my life. They get to know their volunteer. They get to know their classroom leader. And they break down into small groups and they talk about the lesson that they just heard about how God has a purpose and plan for their life. See, I like to say to parents a lot, the best way to ensure that your kids will one day abandon the church is to force them to go to a church that you secretly wish you could abandon, right? But rather, when you involve your lives in a place that you believe in, you say, you know what, this is a church I love and God's moving and I want to be a part of it. Your kids see that passion inside of you and it grows in them all the more. I think it should be normal for adults to get together once a week and in small groups and talk about life and their journeys. And, and, and as we grow together, I just think that's a normal part of our Christian existence. And yet we have so many volunteers that open up their homes and lead these small groups. It's amazing to see. Your next fill and I think it should be normal to serve and to give and to invite and to show up week after week. I think it should be normal just as a part of who we are. You see, I'm blown away every single week when I get here early in the morning and there's volunteers who have even beat me to the punch. I pull in the parking lot and there's several of them waiting with their cars running for the trailer to be opened or for doors to be unlocked before the sun's even up. And with joy, they transform this place and there's laughter that fills the hallway and these teams are becoming friends and it's so amazing to see they transform this place so that you can come in every single week and receive something from God. And I always try to thank people. I walk around and if I see, you know, them serving or I see one of their kids' shirts on and I just love to stop and say, thank you so much for serving today. You're making a difference. And you know what I hear so often? They say, Ryan, you don't have to thank me. I love doing this. I love doing this. They're also thinking, they say, you're welcome, but you don't really have to thank me. I love being a part of what's happening here. Because they see what we're doing in the community. They see what's happening in their own lives and in their own families. But some would say, you know, to those volunteers, I mean, are you a little bit crazy? You get out here on one of your days off on the weekend. You get here before the sun's even up to help serve. Or you miss a, a Sunday morning big room environment so you can go teach some kids. I mean, are you crazy? I mean, what's going on with that? What's wrong with you? But you know what it is? Your next feeling, it's people who have decided to walk dead because they have truly discovered what Jesus meant when he said, you're more blessed when you give than when you receive. It's a whole bunch of people have just decided to live their life dead, to say it's not all about me, but it's gotta be about something bigger than me. It's gotta be about making a difference. And this verse really is found in Acts 20 where Paul said this, 
In Acts 20, 35, he said, and I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by, what does that say? By working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, and there's been a whole bunch of you, and you've been on the receiving end, and maybe some of you for a very long time, you've been on the receiving end, and you've thought to yourself, well, this is as good as it gets, and I would push back, and I would say, this is not as good as it gets. The best part is when you begin to lay down your life for other people. The best part is when you begin to fill up your life with purpose that lasts for eternity and rather than the here and the now. That's why Jesus says it's more, actually more blessed to give than to receive. And our volunteers that are here week after week, they understand the value of what it means to see a life changed. You see, Walking Dead says, I'm willing to empty myself. I'm willing to rearrange my schedule. I'm willing to look at my weekend different. I'm willing to look at my Sunday different. Because it's not about me. It's not just about me. And this is what I'm so proud of, your next film, that we really are a church full of people who have decided that their life is going to count for something eternal. We're a church full of people who have decided that their life is going to count for something eternal. And every single time someone new starts on a journey towards God or decides to make Jesus Christ the leader of their life, everybody shares in that win. Every single one of us, doesn't matter where you're serving or what you're doing, we all share in that win together. And I believe that God looks down from heaven and he's so pleased and he's so impressed and he's cheering us on. The people are saying, yeah, I'm willing to give part of my life to make something count for eternity. And four years ago, we wanted to create a church where you could, without hesitation, invite your friends. A place where you could invite your neighbors and you could invite your coworkers where you know they would come and be touched by God. And yet we have built it all, large in part, through volunteer leadership. And it's really not about a message. It's not just about a Sunday service experience. It's not just about the kids' rooms. But it's really about all of it coming together that impacts lives and encourages people to take steps toward God. And just a couple weeks ago, I sat down uh, with a guy that attends our church. His name is John Mott. And we were just talking about life, and I was asking him how they ended up coming to Riverway. And he just began to share his story with me. And I was so blown away by it. I said, listen, I said, I've got this talk coming up, and, and I want to use part of this story. Would you be willing to just email me some of what you said so that I could share it on Sunday? And he did. And I just want to read some of this to you this morning. John said, I grew up in a religious home and we went to a very small non-denominational church from the time I was born until I was 14 or so. And then the church disbanded. And so our family, three boys, two girls, mom and dad had to find a new church. We found a church and it had a passion-driven youth group with an amazing youth pastor and I was really on the path to a spiritual life. But when I was 16, he says, he says, I got my license and I just stopped going to church as often. I had friends there, but eventually we stopped going as we were looking to the world for new experiences. Not necessarily answers, but we wanted to see what was out there. 
I never really felt guilty for leaving, but I was living a life of self-worship and pursuing my own dreams in the physical world. He says, a lot of time passed. I stayed out of trouble, meaning that I never paid the consequences for some of my bad behavior, which is important to my story because I think, why was I given such grace? He said, I met my wife and we got married in 2012 and had our son in 2013. And that's when the conversations about God started to happen between my wife Lynette and I. We both knew we wanted to raise our children in a home that believed in God and followed him. We both had that as children and we could recognize the importance of adding this kind of character to our child's world. At the time, we were living in St. Cloud and got married in a Lutheran church, and we started looking for a church with life in the people. We didn't want to attend a church where it felt like a hollow act to go to services. He says, we moved to Champlin, and in February of 2015, we received a flyer from Riverway for the marriage series. He says, I'm a big fan of the Lego movie, which we had at the time. It was Make Your Marriage Awesome. And for the kids thing, we had a whole Lego theme. And he says, the fact that we could meet Emmett was a deal maker. (laughs) Different strokes for different folks. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He says, the moment we came, we knew that this place was different. You could feel it. It was unapologetic about its appeal to people like us. We walked into the school and there were people like us. And we were greeted so genuinely And their simple conversations with us was a big key to us coming back. I knew that when I came back, I would find friendly faces and would feel like I knew somebody. Between November and July of last year was the roughest stretch of my life in the last 10 years. I found myself unemployed and was looking for a job and struggling to find the one for me. So much of my identity was wrapped up in what I did and I feel like I was letting my family down and admit I was praying a lot out of need. I prayed for guidance, peace, God's hand on my hand to make the right moves and put my effort in the right places. All the while when I was struggling, I was going to small groups, starting to form friendships at Riverway and walking away every Sunday with something I could use in my life. It was something I could talk to Lynette about when we would eat lunch on Sunday afternoons, practical, Relevant. Although I felt like I was putting on a strong face during this dark period, I was truly struggling to feel like myself. But mind you, I had a growing faith. Then I got the offer, a dream job. Not just a job I wanted, a job where they felt unbelievably lucky to have me and were excited to leverage my passion and experience in employee engagement and leadership development. I was just floored. I'd never seen faith in tangible forms before, and by God seeing my loyalty and faith in him and commitment to my family for some reason, he rewarded me with the career that I would have felt selfish asking for. How did I deserve such an unbelievable blessing? Lynette and I went through the 101, the 201, the 301, 401 Next Step classes at Riverway, and our connectors were Amy and Brian Larson, and we were plugged in. We started volunteering with kids check-in and even spent time in the kids' rooms. And currently, I'm serving on the video team and I can feel the vision developing on that team with my passion for creative production and Melissa's love of that crew. 
What an amazing story. That just 10 months ago, having zero connection with church, having no real living relationship with God, they decided to make a change and they showed up here. And it was the volunteers that greeted them at the door and it was the people that handed them the donut. It was the, the ushers that helped them find a seat. And it was all the tech people that made this environment happen. And in 10 short months, not only have they grown in their faith in God, but now they're serving on a team. And this is the exact reason that I have decided to give the rest of my life to this. It's for life change. And that my prayer is that we could have a million more Mott families come in and their lives be changed by the awesome love and grace of Jesus Christ that would set their whole lives on a different direction. And that's what we're going to continue to do. But in order to reach more people and have a bigger impact on our local community, we need those of you who haven't yet to volunteer somewhere to die to yourself, to die to your weekend routine, to die to your schedule and to choose to walk dead, to say, God, I want my life to count for something eternal. You see, we aren't just giving out a smile and direction in the parking lot. It's a smile filled with love. It's not just a handshake and a welcome at the front door, but it's a greeting filled with care. It's not just watching kids while the adults have their service but rather it's caring adults who are teaching them every single week how to live a life full of God's purpose. It's not just a donut. It's a donut filled with hope and chocolate. <laughs> we call it chocolate hope. <laughs> we do. It's not just handing out bulletins and helping people find seats. Rather, it's all an invitation from a team-wide effort to experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can do that is if a whole bunch of you say, yes, I'm willing to be a part of helping people find and know God by serving here. 2 Corinthians 4.5 says this as we get ready to close this morning. It says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves. Did you hear that? For what we proclaim is not ourselves. This is not about Riverway Church getting a name. This isn't about Ryan having a platform. It's not about our volunteers doing it all so that they get noticed. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants. For Jesus' sake. And just like the disciples that echo those words, we say, God, here I am. I don't want it to be about me, I want it to be about you. And this is how I can serve, it's how I can build your kingdom. It's not about a person, place, or thing, but it's all about Jesus and people being able to meet him and have their sin forgiven and the assurance of eternal life in heaven. 
and living life here on earth to the fullest. That is what this is all about, and we need you. Father, I pray that this would become normal in our life, to link our arms with other believers and to make a difference in the communities around us, in the lives around us. I thank you for what you're doing here at Riverway and for all the volunteers who are faithfully serving and creating environments where people can come and hear about you. And I pray, God, that you'd raise up many more people to say yes. Count me in, count me in, count me in, count me in, count me in to help make a difference. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen.